0: Greetings, family. Welcome to All That You Would Bless Me To. I'll be reading for various books I'll be reading from. So hopefully you'll go out there and purchase them and patronage to them. If not, here they are. God, give us success in the endeavors we do, that your voice and your words will take root in our hearts and our minds and our souls. Lord, we surrender to you in these next few minutes, Lord. We'll open our hearts and our minds. Do to us as thou will, as thy word hath said, be it unto us. We give you all the praise and the glory and the outcome. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Our first reading for today is The Voice Divine, February the 9th. The divine voice is not always expressed in words. It is made known as a heart consciousness. Today's voice is expressed as a heart consciousness. Amen. That's it. That's it on that book. Our next reading is out of a little 24-hour book that coincides with that. Okay, February the 9th. And it says, for the meditation side, The lifeline, the line of rescue, is the line from the soul to God. No one ends of the lifeline is our fate, and on the other end is God's power. On one end is our fate, and on the other is God's power. It's called the lifeline. It can be a strong line, and no soul can be overwhelmed who is linked to God by it. I will trust in this lifeline and never be afraid. God will save me from doing wrong and from the cares and troubles of life. I will look to God for help and trust him for aid when I am emotionally upset. Prayer for the day. I pray that no lack of trust or fearfulness will make me disloyal. I pray that no lack of trust or fearfulness will make me disloyal to God. I pray that I may keep a strong hold on the line, line, lifeline of faith. Amen. You know, in recovery houses, they, uh, they talk about making a lifeline of your past life. When alcohol was introduced, when your life became unmanageable, when you became uh, unbelieving, irritant. You know, where did you lose the way? When did you stop believing? You know, they they want to put back pe- people back together. They do a wonderful thing. These recovery places. I never got to go to a rehab, but if I would have did, it, they would have. I wouldn't enjoyed it very much. All right, moving on along. Maybe I did go to a rehab. Maybe the uh, the road camp for young kids was a rehab. This. I had a great time there. Moving right along. Now we'll be reading from Jesus Calling. And excuse the noise. I'm out in the grass in the front. Everybody wants to... Everybody wants to listen to these readings. Here we go. Seek my face more and more. You are really just beginning your journey of intimacy with me. It is not an easy road, but it is a delightful and privileged way. Hey, treasure hunt. I am the treasure and the glory of my presence glistens and shimmers along the way. Hardships are part of the journey, too. I meet them out ever so carefully. And just the right dosage. What? With a tenderness, you can hardly imagine. What? Do not recoil from affliction, since they are among my most favored gifts. What? Trust me and don't be afraid, for I am your strength and song. Now, when they're reading like this, I would have to go and see what the verses, they're saying that God sends us <coughs> dosages, recoil, afflictions, and then that they're gifts. So they're using Psalms 27, 8. 2nd Corinthians 4 7 and Isaiah 12 2 so I'm gonna look on my trusty phone here the other one and search those out for us so we can make a determination for on our own what exactly does it say i like to be the eternal optimist that as long as we thank God for the gratitude around us stuff falls off off of us or doesn't cling to us. Psalm 27, verse 8. And that says, Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me, at his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful unto answer me. They call this in context. And then the next verse is, uh, now I read verse 6 and 7. Here we go again. Then my head will be exalted above the, the enemies who surround me At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Verse 7. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. Uh, Here we go. My heart says to you, seek my face. Your face, Lord, will I seek. Amen. I don't see any uh, God sending anything. Thank God. I don't see God sending anything our way that would be distasteful. Did you? I didn't. Huh. Maybe the printers changed it. They had a bad day. Corinthians. Let's go to Corinthians the next. Uh, <clears throat> Corinthians 4. Second Corinthians 4 verse 7 And that says here we go But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us Just because we we are people can see through us they can see the light inside of us uh, you know, we can discipline ourselves, but what we're doing with books and prayer, and we can shine very easily, we don't have to go through trials and tribulations to get us to do that. That's all I got to say about that, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us, but we have this treasure. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I don't see any. Uh, do you any any hardships that God's sending our way, like this reading says? Now let's go to the last one, Isaiah twelve two. Beautiful, wonderful words of life. Isaiah twelve two. It says, the New International Version. Surely, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord himself is my strength and my defense; he has become my salvation. Ha. Huh. Something's wrong here. Isaiah 12:2 Surely God is my salvation; I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he also has become my salvation. Amen. I believe situations happen where we're in the wrong place at the wrong time or we're hanging around with dangerous people or we're, you know, I guess they're implying that if we, uh, that we get a a negative jolt to push us on the right path, you know, afflictions and amen. We're doing good. We're praising him and we're putting our nose in a book and that's about the biggest afflictions. I have been getting in the last 40 years is taking the time to get into the word of God. Sure, there's situations and hardships, but, you know, it's like when you, when a person surrenders and gives thanks for everything and an accusation or an offense comes, it's like gold. It cannot tarnish it. It just falls right off. It just bounces right off of you and say, hit me with your best shot. If you have done the work. Jesus took the big shot for us. Where's the work of Jesus in the cross? Jesus said, Be of good cheer, all I have overcome the world. Amen. He goes, Yep. He goes, You're going to have houses and riches and inheritance from fathers, or you're going to have uh, a hundredfold of all these things here and tribulations. Tribulations. Well, what's a tribulation? Will you ever try to maintain a hundred houses, a hundred lands, a hundred people, a church? (laughs) You're going to get tribulations, even with a small congregation of 12 people. Man, everybody's going through somebody. Everybody expects you to move them. Everybody expects for you to be there late at night while they want to talk about their their lack of reading and their problems that are eating their lunch. Amen. Now I'm on a stool here. I better get off. Our next reading, let's move on. Our next reading is Jesus Today by the same lady, Sarah Young. Thank you, Sarah Young. This I like this one because she writes the scriptures and then through the Holy Spirit, she's representing the Holy Spirit as she speaks to us in prophecy. And the scripture she's using today is Psalm twenty nine eleven. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Beautiful, wonderful. John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We we don't let our hearts be troubled because they will attract trouble. We are not afraid because it will attract situations to be afraid of. Our hearts are at peace because we sing songs and we make ourselves happy. We push into joyful situations. Philippians 4, 7. The peace of God which transcends all understanding. In other words, it's boggles the imagination you're going through something and you have peace will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus there you go folks we give thanks for all things concerning Christ Jesus I get strength to my people I bless my people with peace my people are all those who trust me as their Savior God my death on the cross for your sins was sufficient to provide everlasting life Because I am truly God, so rest assured that the one who provides eternal life will also give you strength. When you are feeling weak, don't waste energy worrying about whether you can cope with the challenges you face. I know better than you what is on the path before you, and I stand ready to help. Every step of the way, having bought you with my own blood, I have a huge vested interest In you, because you are mine, I want to bless you with peace. The peace I give you is not as the world gives. It can coexist with the most difficult situation because it is transcendent, shining, bright. It rises above both your circumstances and your understanding, and it can lift you up too. There you go. It doesn't seem like it's the same person that, amen, I'll leave it at that. You know, we always have to investigate because a lot of us were subconsciously, you know, trying to figure God out. So that's the problem. We're trying to figure out how God works, you know. Amen. I believe God works with like a farmer. We farm good words. The Lord's my shepherd earlier in our lives when we're children. And we let those words And the Lord will always be our shepherd. He'll grow into a big tree where we can get faith, peace, and joy and confidence out of. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for the Lord God is with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The Lord has provided a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The Lord has anointed my head with oil, my cup run it over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. And that's what we got to say to that. Okay. Moving right along. Our next book is Your Best Life Now. Your life begins each day anew. My life begins anew. Redeemed from the curse. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. By becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Curse is everyone who is hang on a tree. Galatians 3.13. Okay, now folks, you're you're hearing the word of God that here comes my helicopter, gonna drop 25 tons of gold on me. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. Galatians 3.3. 3. Again, redeemed from the curse. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, "Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Galatians 3.13 Do you think a cursed person is going to deal with horrific things sent by God to them to test them? Or just, if you love your child, would you send them? Now, I wouldn't send my son, you know. I would send him good things. And through my mercy, I hope he takes care of himself, respects himself, and respects the things that God has naturally given to him. All of my kids, I have two sons and one daughter. They're they're a blessing because they, they love and they know Christ and Jesus. Amen. Same thing, Jesus Christ. The author of this book goes on to say, Maybe you are living with things that have been in your family for generations. Alcoholism, chaos, drug addiction, poverty, depression, anger, or low self-esteem. Whatever the problem, the good news is that you can break the cycle. You can choose to rise up and turn the tide with God's help. God will help you break that curse in your family, but it will take perseverance and a willingness to change your past. Your attitude should be, this is a new day. I boldly declare we are more than conquerors. It doesn't matter how defeated we have been, how broke we've been, how big our obstacles are, or how powerful our enemies are. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. We are blessed and we cannot be cursed. In Jesus' name. Amen. That was by Joel Osteen. Pretty cool, huh? And now, the chapter we have been waiting for. Okay, Lord. I didn't go nowhere. Okay, Lord. Come on. Oh, okay, it didn't go. It has been going. It just froze. Well, here we go again. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, "Curses is everyone who is hung on a tree, Galatians 3.13. Maybe you are living with things that have been in your family for generations. Alcoholism, drug addiction, poverty, depression, anger, or low self-esteem. Whatever the problem, the good news is that you can break the cycle You can choose to rise up and turn the tide with God's help. God will help you break that curse in your family, but it will take perseverance and a willingness to change your past. Your attitude should be, this is a new day, a boldly declare: we are more than conquerors. It doesn't matter how defeated we have been, how broke we've been, how big our obstacles are, or how powerful our enemies are greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world we are blessed and cannot be cursed okay and our book our last book well the next book to the our last book the prayer of jabez chapter two this is what i've been waiting for i've been thinking about this all day long that i couldn't wait to get to it I haven't read this book in years, and I've been praying that prayer for 23, 24 years too. When It was introduced to us in our church back in 2099, 2000, and everybody was praying it. And we prayed it and prayed it, and I still pray it to this day, and it helps me in everyday tasks, the prayer of Jabez. Here we go. Says, "Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory; that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil." Chapter two of the book of Prayer, of Jabez. So, why not ask? Oh, that you would bless me indeed. You're a spiritual retreat in the mountains with others who want to experience a fuller Christian life. Imagine you're at a spiritual retreat with people that want to experience a fuller Christian life. For the duration of the retreat, everyone has been matched with a mentor. Yours is in his 70s, and he's been touching lives for God longer than you've been alive. On the way to the showers the first morning, you walk past his room. His door is ajar, and he has just just knelt down to pray. You can't resist. How exactly does a giant of the faith begins his prayers, you wonder? You pause and get closer to the Lord, you lean in. Will he pray for revival, pray for the hungry around the world, pray for you? But this is what you hear. Oh Lord, I beg you first and most this morning, please bless me. Startled at such a selfish prayer, you're pad down the hall to your shower, But as you're adjusting the water temperature, a thought hits you. It's so obvious you can't believe you haven't thought it before. Great men of the faith think differently than the rest of us. Great accomplishments have been thought differently than the rest of the people. Great men of the faith think differently than the rest of us. By the time you're dressed and heading for breakfast, you're sure of it. The reasons some men and women of faith rise above the rest, you decide, is that they think and pray differently from those around them. It is possible that God wants you to be selfish in your prayers, to ask for more and more again from your Lord. i met so many earnest Christians who take it as a sign of immaturity to think such thoughts. They assume they'll seem impolite or greedy if they ask God for many, many blessings. Maybe you think like that. If you do, I want to show you that such a prayer is not the self-centered act it might appear, but a supremely spiritual one and exactly the kind of request our Father longs to hear. First, let's take a closer look at Jabez's story. No pain but gain. No pain but gain. As far as we can tell, Jabez lived in southern Israel after the conquest of Canaan and during the time of the judges. He was born into the tribe of Judah and eventually became the notable head of the clan. Yet his story really begins with his name. His mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bore him in pain. In Hebrew, the word Jabez means pain, pain. A little rendering could read He causes or will cause pain. Doesn't that sound like the start of a promising life, does it? All babies arrive with a certain amount of pain, but something about Jabez's birth went beyond the usual, so much so that his mother chose to memorialize it in her son's name. Why? The pregnancy or the delivery may have been traumatic. Perhaps the baby was born breech or perhaps the mother's pain was emotional. Maybe the child's father abandoned her during the pregnancy. Maybe he had died. Maybe the family had fallen into such financial straits that the prospect of another mouth to feed brought only fear and worry. God only knows for sure what caused the pain of this anguished mother. Not that it made much difference to young Jabez. He grew up with a name any boy would love to hate. Imagine if you had to go through childhood and during the teasing of bullies, the daily reminders of your unwelcome arrival and mocking questions like, so, young man, what was your mother thinking? Yet by far the heaviest burden of Jabez's name was how it defined his future. In Bible times, a man and his name were so intimately related that to cut off the name of an individual amounted to the same thing as killing him a name was often taken as a wish for a prophecy about the child's future for example jacob can mean grabber a good one-word biography for that scheming patriarch naomi and her husband named their two sons mahalon and chileon translation puny and pinning and that's what exactly the, what they were both of them died in early adulthood solomon means peace and sure enough he became the first king of Israel to reign without going to war. A name that meant pain didn't bode well for Jabez for future. Despite his dismal prospects, Jabez found a way out. He had grown up hearing about the God of Israel who had freed his forefathers from slavery, rescued them from powerful enemies, and established them in a land of plenty by the time he was an adult. Jabez believed and fervently hoped in this God of miracles and new beginnings. So why not ask for one? That's what he did. He prayed the biggest, most improbable request imaginable, oh, that you would bless me indeed. I love the urgency, the personal vulnerability of his plea. In Hebrew, adding indeed to this prayer was like adding five exclamation points or writing the request in capital letters and underlining it. In my mind's eye, I picture Jabez standing before a massive gate recessed into a high sky wall, weighed down by the sorrow of his past and the readiness of his present. He sees before him only impossibility, a future shut off. But raising his hands to heaven, he cries out, Father, O Father, please bless me And what I really mean is, bless me a lot. With the last word, the transformation begins. He hears a tremendous crack, then a groan, then a rumble, as the huge gate swings away from him in a white arc. There, stretching to the horizon, are fields of blessings, and Jabez steps forward into another life. Blessing is not about sneezing before we can ask for God's blessing with confidence. We need a clear understanding of what the word means We hear bless or blessing in tone from every pulpit We ask God to bless the missionaries the kids and the food. We're about to eat It's sometimes grandma says when she hears you sneeze no wonder the meaning of blessing gets watered down to something vague and and plain like have a nice day No wonder so many Christians aren't as desperate as Jabez was to receive it. To bless in the biblical sense means to ask for or to impart supernatural favor. When we ask God for God's blessing, we're not asking for more of what we could get ourselves. We're crying out for the wonderful unlimited goodness that only God has the power to to know about or give to us. This kind of richness is what the writer was referring to in Proverbs. The Lord's blessing is our greatest wealth. The Lord's blessing is our greatest wealth. Say that with me. Say the Lord's blessing is our greatest wealth. All our work adds to nothing to it. Proverbs 10, 22. All our work adds nothing to it. Notice a radical aspect of Jabez's request for blessing. He left it entirely up to God to decide what the blessing would be and where, when, and how Jabez would receive them. This kind of radical trust in God's good intentions towards us has nothing in common with the popular gospel that you should ask God for a Cadillac, a six-figure income, or some other material sign that you have found a way to cash in on your connection with him instead the jabez blessings focus like a laser on our wanting for ourselves nothing more and nothing less than what god wants for us when we see god's blessing is the ultimate value in life we are throwing ourselves entirely into the river of his will and power and purpose for us all our other needs become secondary to what we really want which is to become holy immersed in what God is trying to do in us, through us and around us, for His glory. Let me tell you a guaranteed byproduct of sincerely seeking His blessing. Your life will become marked by miracles. How do I know? Because He promised it, and I've seen it happen in my own. God's power to accomplish great things suddenly finds no obstruction in you you're moving in his direction you're praying for exactly what god desires suddenly the unhindered forces of heaven can bring to accomplish god's perfect will through you and you will be the first to notice but there's a catch there's a catch mr jones goes to heaven what if you found out that god had it in mind to send you 23 specific blessings today but you got only one what do you suppose the reason would be? There's a little fable fable about a Mr. Jones who dies and goes to heaven. Peter is waiting at the gates to give him a tour. Amid the splendor of golden streets, beautiful mansions and choirs of angels that Peter shows him, Mr. Jones notices an odd looking building. He thinks it looks like an enormous warehouse. It has no windows and o- only one door. But when he asks to see inside, Peter hesitates. You really don't want to see what's in there, he tells the new arrival. Why? Why would there be any secrets in heaven, Jones wondered. What incredible surprise could be waiting for me in there? When the official tour is over, he's still wondering, so he asks again to see inside the warehouse structure. Finally, Peter relents. When the apostle opens the door, mister Jones almost knocks him over in his haste to enter. It turns out that the enormous building is filled with row after row after row of shells, as far as you can see, floor to ceiling, each stacked neatly with white boxes tied in red ribbons. These boxes all have names on them, mister Jones muses out loud. Then turning to Peter, he asks do I have one well yeah yes you do Peter tries to guide Mr. Jones back outside frankly Peter says if I were you but Mr. Jones is already dashing towards the Jay's aisles to find his box Peter following him back of him shaking his head catches up with Mr. Jones just as he's slipping the red ribbon off his box and popping the lid Looking inside, Jones has a moment of instant recognition. And he lets out a deep sigh like the ones Peter had heard so many times before. Because there in Mr. Jones Jones's white box are all the blessings that God wanted to give him while he was on earth. But Mr. Jones have never asked. Ask, promised Jesus, and I it will be given to you, Matthew 7 7. You do not have because you do not ask, said James 4.2. Even though there is no limit to God's goodness, if you didn't ask him for a blessing yesterday, you didn't get all that you were supposed to have. That's the catch. If you don't ask for his blessing, you forfeit those that come to you only when you ask. In the same way that a father is honored to have a child beg for his blessing, your father is delighted to respond generously when his blessing is what you covet the most. Perhaps you think that your name is just another word for pain or trouble. Or that the legacy you have been handed from your family's circumstances is nothing but a liability. You don't feel like a candidate for blessings. Or perhaps you're one of those Christians who thinks that once you're saved, God's blessings sort of dis- drizzle over your life at a predetermined rate no matter what you do, no extra effort required. Or perhaps you have slipped into a ledger keeping mindset with God. In your blessings account, you have a column for deposits and one for withdrawals. Has God been unusually kind to you lately? Then you think that you shouldn't expect, much less ask for him to credit your account. You might even think he should ignore you for a while or even debit your account by sending some trouble your way. This kind of thinking is a sin and a trap. When Moses said to God on Mount Sinai, show me your glory, Exodus 33, 18. Show me your glory. He was asking for more intimate understanding of God. In response, God describes him as the Lord of himself as the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Exodus 34, 6. He was asking for more intimate understanding of God. In response, response, God described himself as the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and and abounding in goodness and truth incredible the very nature of god is to have goodness in so much abundance that it all flows into our unworthy lives if you think about god in any other way than that i'm asking you to change the way you think why not make it a lifelong commitment to ask god every day to bless you and while he's at it bless you a lot God's bounty is limited only by us, not by his resources, power, or willingness to give. Jabez was blessed simply because he refused to let any obstacle, person, or opinion loom larger than God's nature, and God's nature is to bless. His kindness in recording Jabez's story in the Bible is proof that it's not who you are or what your parents decide to you for you or what you were fated to be, that counts. What counts is knowing who you want to be and asking for it. Through a simple believing prayer, you can change your future. You can change what happens one minute from now. Amen. And and that was the end of chapter 2. Our next chapter is called Living Large for God. Oh, that you would enlarge my ter- Tory. And with that, we'll read that one tomorrow. Thank you for hanging in there with me today. It's a long chapter, I think. But we got one more reading Streams in the Desert. This was a favorite during the uh, turn of the century, 1800s or something. A compilation of it. You talk about a library. That's what I'm doing here. But this person. Um, the man he compiled a lot of it but the book wasn't finished until his wife took it over the project he passed away and she finished it it's called L.B. Coleman it's called Linda Bertha Coleman streams in the desert February the 9th Sephaniah 317 my favorite scripture says he will quiet you with his love he will quiet you with his love in matthew fifteen twenty three, jesus did not answer a word are you reading these verses as a child of god who is experiencing a crushing sorrow a bitter disappointment or a heartbreaking blow from a total unexpected place are you longing to hear your master's voice calling you saying take courage it is i don't be afraid yet only silence the unknown and misery confronts you Jesus did not answer a word God's tender heart must often ache listening to our sad complaining cries our weak impatient hearts cry out because we fail to see through our teared blinded short-sighted eyes that it is for our own sake that he does not answer at all or that he answers in a way we believe is less than the best in fact the silences of Jesus are a eloquent as his word, and may be a sign not of his disapproval but of his approval and his way of providing a deeper blessing for you. Why are you downcast O my soul? I will yet praise him. Yes, praise him even for his silence. Let me relate a beautiful old story of how one Christian dreamed she saw three other women in prayer. When they knelt The master drew near to them. When they kneeled, the master drew near to them. As he approached the first of the three, he bent over her with tenderness and grace. He smiled with radiant love and spoke to her in tones of pure, sweet music. Upon leaving her, he came to the next, but only placed his hand upon her bow head and gave her one look of loving approval. He passed the third woman almost abruptly without stopping for a word or a glance. The woman having the dream said to herself, how greatly he must love the first woman. The second gained his approval, but did not experience the special demonstrations of love he gave the first. But the third woman must have grieved him deeply for he gave her no word at all, not even a passing look. She wondered what the third woman must have done to have been treated so differently. As she tried to account for the actions of her Lord, he himself came and stood beside her. He said to her, O woman, how greatly you have interpreted me. The first kneeling woman needs the full measure of my tenderness and care to keep her feet on my sorrow way. She needs my love, thoughts, and help Every moment of the day, for without them, she would stumble into failure. The second woman has stronger fate and deeper love than the first. And I can count on her to trust me no matter how things may go or whatever people may do. Yet the third woman, whom I seem not to notice and even to neglect his fate and love of the purest quality, I'm training her through quick and drastic ways. For the highest and holiest service. She knows me so intimately and trusts me so completely that she no longer depends on my voice, loving glances, or other outward signs to know of my approval. She is not dismayed or discouraged by any circumstance. I arrange for her to encounter. She trusts me when common sense, reason, and even Every subtle instinct of the natural heart would rebel, knowing that I'm preparing for her for eternity and realizing that the understanding of what I do will come afterwards. Amen. That will come later. My love is silent because I love beyond the powers of words to express it and beyond the understanding of the human heart also it is silent for your sake that you may learn to love and trust me with your pure spirit taught spontaneous responses i desire for your response to my love to be without the prompting of anything external he will do wonders never before exodus 34 10. if you will learn the mystery of his silence and praise him every time he withdraws his gift from you through this you will better know and love the giver amen again he will do wonders like never before done if you will learn the mystery of his silence and praise him every time he withdraws his gift from you through this you you will be better known and love the giver amen and lord we just praise you and we thank you we thank you for what we don't have enough we thank you for the situations we thank you Lord, we thank you, Father, for where we're at. We thank you for the loneliness. We thank you for the lack of resources. We thank you, Father. We know that the supply is not here yet, but it will come if we should have it. It will surely come in Jesus' name. We declare and decree. We are in the hands of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is fixing us. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for fixing us up, and it'll never be a problem again in Jesus' name. Thank you, everyone, for coming to today's reading, uh, a long one. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.